Welcome to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast where developing a long-lasting, happy relationship is the status symbol to achieve. And following my six marriage steps is a path to help get you there. I'm your host, Dr. Wyatt Fisher, a licensed psychologist specializing in marriage counseling. Come to my office hours on Wednesdays at 12 noon Mountain Standard Time, live, free, on my social media channels. You can access it on my YouTube channel, Instagram channel, or Facebook channel. It's office hours. So just like you were in high school or college, your teachers had office hours so that you could go there and pick their brain on questions you have. So this is a time for you to do it with me. So if you have questions, you want to pick my brain, go to the live office hours, Wednesdays, 12 noon, Mountain Standard Time. Two quick announcements before we kick off the podcast today. The first one is this Saturday, I am doing the Total Marriage Refresh Conference, my conference in Broomfield, Colorado. This is where I go through the top six steps to marital satisfaction. There's lots of tools, lots of videos, lots of stories. I'm there all day long, and I'm also there for you. So if you're attending during the breaks, there's breakout sessions throughout the day so you and your partner can apply what's learned. And during that time, I walk around, I interact with couples, I'm there for questions. If you haven't been, I highly recommend it. It's a wonderful day to supercharge your relationship no matter where you are in your relationship. We still have a few spots left. And again, it's this coming Saturday in Broomfield, Colorado, the Total Marriage Refresh. If you're interested, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com, click on Retreats, and then scroll down until you see the link for Broomfield, Colorado. Second announcement is I'm considering creating a membership class. The membership class is so that you can access more of me to help you with implementation. As you know, I'm a big fan of tools. I've created 10 tools. I have this conference, I have an app, Keep the Glow, which is live now in the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. Keep the Glow, check it out, you get two weeks free. See if it's something you like, how it could benefit your relationship. So I have all these resources, but what happens is when people read the resources or consume the content, often they need help with implementation. How do I do this? And what do you mean by this part? And we're getting stuck here. Those types of questions. And so often people can't afford counseling because counseling is expensive. I only see 10 clients a week and I have a wait list on average and it's expensive. So a lot of couples need something that's low cost, something they can go there, pick my brain, get more resources on how to implement all the tools and all the resources step by step. So I'm thinking of developing a marriage class called Matrimony and it's self-paced, but I would show up there several times a week so that you can pick my brain, so I can help you step-by-step with implementation. So do me a favor, send me an email, info at drwyattfisher.com, and let me know if you would join such a class. If you think it's a good idea or a bad idea, how much you think it should cost, what you think it should include that to make it worthwhile for you. So if you could, send me an email, let me know what you think, info at drwyattfisher.com. Today we're gonna go through four questions I've received recently. I love doing these Q&A sessions because I know if one person is asking me this question, a lot of you probably have the same question. So here's some Q&A. So here's the the first question. How can I apologize if I disagree with what my partner says I did? The first thing to do when your partner is making an accusation is consider the 50% rule. The 50% rule is part of the reunite tool that I teach. And what the 50% rule says 
is that whatever your partner is saying about you, most likely it's not 100% true because they probably have some issues going on on their side that's getting triggered and you probably had some valid reasons why you did what you did. However, you probably also can't say that none of their feedback is accurate. So your goal is to be thinking about what is the kernel of truth in this feedback about me? What's the kernel of truth? It could be 5% correct what they're saying. It could be 30% correct what they're saying. It could be 90% correct what they're saying about you. But you get to decide that, not your partner. And so the 50% rule says when you get that feedback, you thank them for the feedback, even though it's hard, it's painful to get feedback, and then you mull it over on your own time. Just mull it over, and then you get to choose what's the kernel of truth in this feedback. And then you can say to your partner, I'm sorry that the way I came across hurt your feelings. You can say that as long as in your mind you know that it's not 100% your fault. And that's why that 50% rule is so helpful. And when you say that, I'm sorry that the way I came across hurt your feelings, it doesn't mean you're saying that they're 100% right. It just means you're apologizing for that the way you came across hurt their feelings. That's all. Because people get stuck thinking, if I apologize, isn't that saying that they're right? It's not. You do wanna look for the kernel of truth that you can own. But it's not saying you're, that they are right. What you're saying is that you're sorry that the way you came across hurt their feelings. That's all. You're just tending to their feelings. And so keep that in mind the next time you do something that hurts your partner's feelings. Saying sorry doesn't mean you're saying they're 100% right. But you do want to look for the kernel of truth and you're just apologizing that the way you came across hurt their feelings. Number two, how should I respond to my partner when they get triggered? Responding to triggers is very important and most couples get this wrong. So if you've hurt your partner, you're probably gonna do behaviors that trigger that painful behavior you had in the past. And when your partner gets triggered, what should you do? How should you respond? They get triggered at something, you've done something that reminds them of something you did in the past that really hurt them, so they're getting triggered. So. First thing I would say is the way they express that trigger is very important. If they become aggressive and they're verbally assaulting toward you, that's their growth area. They need to learn how to express their trigger with their tender underbelly. And the tender underbelly is their soft emotions under the anger. I feel sad, I feel hurt, I feel lonely, I feel fearful because of X, Y, and Z. That's how they need to express their trigger. So when they express their trigger that way, it's gonna help you much more respond well. But regardless of how they express their trigger, you still have responsibility on your side with how you respond to the trigger. So I recommend three ways. The first way is you wanna empathize. Empathy sounds like this. I can see how my behavior of X would trigger you to feel Y. That's empathy. The next thing you wanna do is apologize for your original hurtful behavior that they're getting triggered with now. So that would sound like this. I'm so sorry that I hurt you in that way and that it's creating triggers for you now. Okay, that's number two. That's when you're saying sorry. Number three, you wanna reassure them. I want you to know that I'm gonna give it all I got 
to keep being the best partner for you and to never do that behavior again that hurt you so deeply. That's number three, that's reassurance. So when your partner gets triggered, those are the three things to do in response. Number one, empathize. Number two, apologize. Number three, reassure them. If you respond that way, these triggers can become micro opportunities for healing. But instead what happens for a lot of couples is a person getting triggered becomes assaulting and accusatory and aggressive verbally and then the person who's done the hurting the person who's done the hurtful behavior, they respond with defensiveness. And that just hurts the relationship that much more. It keeps them stuck with that painful memory. It doesn't get healed because they continually fight about it. So those are my tips for how to respond if your partner gets triggered. Number three, what's the quickest way to improve our sex life? That's a good question. You know, it's a lot, a lot of us have that question, especially if you're a high libido partner. How do we improve our sex life? The quickest way I would recommend is to start cuddling together while you're doing your head heart checks. It's a wonderful two birds with one stone approach. So cuddling is something a lot of couples don't do. And when I say cuddling, I'm talking about snuggling. So this would be, let's say at the end of the day, your door's locked so your kids can't walk in, your kids are in bed or they're on their devices so you have some privacy and then you get under the covers with your partner. I would get in your underwear or you can take your underwear off and then you cuddle together, you snuggle together while you're sharing your head heart check. And your head heart check is all about what you felt throughout the day. What were your highs? What were your lows? What was going on for you? The nice thing with that approach, a couple nice things. One is that you're cultivating your emotional intimacy while you're connecting physically. Second, the focus isn't on let's have sex or let's do erotic touch. The focus is on let's connect emotionally. But while we're connecting emotionally, we're also connecting with each other physically. And so what that does for a lot of people, especially low libido partners, is it creates this space for them to start having erotic impulses, erotic desires, so that after that time is finished, if you're doing this more nights than not, at least some of those nights, it will probably lead into erotic touch. So it's a wonderful way to cultivate sexual activity in your relationship is by snuggling while you do that head heart check. And again, you can have your underwear on or underwear off, but it blends together the sensual and the emotional. And if you're doing that more nights than not, most likely at least one or two nights a week, it's gonna lead to more, which is erotic touch. Okay, number four. My partner says they won't work on our marriage unless I move back in. What should I do? So if you wake up, and that's your story. My partner won't work on the marriage. We're already separated, and my partner won't work on the marriage unless I move back in. What should I do? What I would do, what I would recommend in that situation is you only move back in if there's an agreement in place. And if they break that agreement, then you're moving back out. And that agreement should include several things. It should include the behavioral changes you wanna see them working on, it should include the resources, the support you guys are gonna be participating in. It should include both of those things. So you may have 
two behaviors or three behaviors that are deal breakers for you that your partner has been having and that's why you moved out. And so you may say, I'll only move back in if I see substantial progress in these two to three behaviors and here's the support I'm gonna require us to access if I move back in. That can include marriage counseling or relationship coaching. That can include listening to this podcast. That can include attending one of our conferences or using the app, Keep the Glow. It can include all sorts of resources. That's up for you to decide. So then you can say to your partner, I will move back in if these are the agreements that you agree to. These are the things that we are both on the same page on. If these things do not happen and I move back in, I'm gonna move back out. So that's what I'd recommend because then you're creating a win-win. They probably want you to move back in to know that you care and that you're gonna work on the relationship, but you need them to make some changes so you also feel like your interests are being met. That's all the Q&A for the day. So those are the four questions. I hope you found that helpful. The first one was, how can I apologize if I disagree with what my partner says I did? Number two, we covered, how should I respond to my partner when they get triggered? Number three, we went through, what's the quickest way to improve our sex life? Then number four, we talked about, my partner won't work on our marriage unless I move back in. What should I do? Thank you for listening to the Dr. Wyatt Show podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, click the five stars and leave a review. And if this podcast has meant something to you, the best way to pay it forward is text one person today in your sphere of influence, your sphere of connections about the Dr. Wyatt Show. I'd really appreciate you doing that to spread the message of hope for marriage. For more resources, go to my website, drwyattfisher.com. And remember, your marriage is alive. So if you nurture it and care for it, it will grow. If you deprive it and neglect it, it will wilt and die. The choice is up to you. Take care.